0: Free love strong. Zip. We can start again Brothers, we can
1: start again Give honor the end, yeah We can start again I see you dressed in
0: Sing for the can't go back. Sing it for the broken past. Sing for the just found out life is now upside down. If you're looking for hope tonight.
2: thank you so much for being here today we're gonna get things started here in just a minute or two so if you haven't already feel free to go grab some coffee figure out where you're gonna be sitting we're gonna get things started here soon thank you very much morning. We're going to go ahead and get things started today. This is an exciting day. We've got a lot to go over. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to do some worshiping together. So just to make sure that we've got time to, to do all the things that we want to do, we're going to go ahead and get things rolling. Feel free to go grab some coffee or, or a snack still. you got time to do that. That's not a problem. Um, I'm Josh Marshall. I'm the Community Life Coordinator for Converge. So if you have any questions about things that are going on, about small groups, I'm usually the easiest person to reach out to, because even if I can't answer your question, I can usually put you in touch with whoever can. So if you have any questions, feel free to to reach out to me. I think my phone number is in one of these slides coming up here somewhere, um, or flag me down, or, you know, just just talk to anybody in a Converge shirt. So, there are a lot of you all. So then to minister and get to know all of you as much as we can, we have a fairly large leadership team as well. So then just so you kind of get to know some of the faces, some of the names of people you might Run across of people you should go to with questions of people you want to reach out to We've got a couple of videos to introduce some of those people to you And we're going to play those at the beginning of each Sunday morning uh, Over the next several weeks just to help you get familiar with the the leadership team here in Converge So this morning we're going to be hearing from Isaiah and Mariah Griffith And then after that, we're gonna do some worshiping together. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm gonna go ahead and let them kick off the video. We'll get things going.
3: Hey guys, I'm Isaiah and this is my lovely wife, Mariah. I've been a part of Converge for about four years now and I'm on the teaching team and helping Uh, Prepare the direction of our lessons and what is taught in converge in the next year We're going to be heading overseas uh, Through heritage, which is really exciting and is a passion the Lord has put on our heart and direction for our lives And my helps in various ways if you want to explain some of that.
4: Yeah, so a lot of what I do is on the welcome committee um, in converge I love getting to meet the new faces and also just directing like explaining what we're here for and leading them to other connections in Converge so I've enjoyed that a lot and it's been my most recent role.
3: We really enjoy the season of life that uh, your early 20s, young adults, uh, it's a great season. And even in Ecclesiastes three, it tells us that uh, every season is beautiful. And this season of life is remarkable if done well. And we learned a lot and grew a lot during those years. And we're still pretty close to those years. So uh, we definitely are passionate about helping others see uh, the beauty of that season and how they can live those for the Lord and for eternity. Uh, Converge is a young adult ministry. Um, it, it developed about four years ago uh, when it first started and it has kind of grown uh, more and more into an actual ministry. Um, we meet at uh, 1030 on Sunday mornings and we gather together for a time of Uh, worship, for teaching, we connect together, and uh, we really believe in living life uh, in the community. So we gather together, we grow together, and then we go together.
4: In your 20s, there's a lot of energy and excitement. There's a lot of ideas and plans. And one of the big things that happens in your 20s is the end of college. And we know that in that time, often the Lord can be leading you in different directions and um, opening your heart to different things. And so we're there to help and, um, yeah, just harness that energy, get excited for the real world, Um, not the colleges in the real world, but the world after college. And so then also that transition time of being in the real world. And what does it look to make disciples outside in the real working world? Um, I'm a nurse at the local hospital here and it's been interesting to see how the things that I learned in college and those first years right out of college has impacted how I work now in the secular world.
3: Father, thank you for being such an incredible, gracious and kind father. And Lord, I just pray for the ministry of Converge and for all those that are involved involved in the ministry that you would continue to give great diligence, endurance, and guidance through this stage of life. Lord, would you send more laborers into the harvest? Would you raise up young men and women who are passionate about you, who look so different from the world that it leaves people a little uneasy, thinking there's something so radically different about them? Lord, would you continue to grow our students and our young professionals to live for you and honor you with their lives. And Lord, would you uh, do a great work in and through this ministry that Converge is. We praise you because you are so good and you're so big and so powerful. We thank you uh, for your goodness and for your love. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.
4: All right. Good morning, you guys. Um, I'm so very glad that you guys are here. Go ahead and stand. We're going to get started with worship this morning.
5: i on my knees again. got i begging please again. I need you. Oh, I need you. Walking down these desert roads. Water for my thirsty soul. I need you. Oh, I need you. Your, Your forgiveness, forgiveness. is it's like, like sweet, sweet. sweet like, oh. Yeah. I love you. Jeremiah 29, verse 13 says, you will seek me and you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. And I don't know about you guys, but and that's my prayer for us this year as we head into this new semester and into this new chapter of the Bible, that our hearts would be seeking only after the Lord, that our eyes would be fixed on him every single day. And so... And I don't know about you guys, but that's my prayer. How amazing would that be if, if we all made that our, the prayer of our hearts? And so as we continue to sing into this next song, that it's, it's the same anthem, that, that the Lord would bring us closer and draw us closer to himself. So, so make that your prayer as we continue to sing. Your love has risen. And taking me over, taking me over, and all I want is to be with you forever, with you forever. So pull me a little closer. To so pull me a little closer. Take-
6: Thank you for this wonderful time of worship that you've given us this morning in the the main service and in this one as well. Just help us not to lose sight that that worship is a wonderful thing that we should not just be doing on Sunday morning, that we can worship you throughout every day of our lives. With everything that we do, we should be glorifying and worship you, worshiping you. Just help us to learn well this morning in uh, the sermon and help us to apply it to our lives this week For the rest of our lives, and in your name, amen.
7: Guys, I'm so glad that you're here. This is an exciting day for us. We're uh, kicking off the, the new year of Converge, and I'm going to lay out for you a lot of stuff that we've got planned, a lot of desires that are in our hearts for, uh, for where this group is going to go. Um, hopefully, it kind of motivates you to be a part of what we're doing here because the reason that we're, that we're planning any of this stuff is that we together can grow in Christ so that then we're prepared to launch from here and go to wherever God has for us to go. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay out a lot of stuff for you that uh, is a little bit more uh, logistical maybe, that are things that we've been talking about, things we've been planning. And then we're going to s- jump into our Bible study uh, that's starting in Romans chapter 8 today as well. All right, so first of all, you know, even if you've only been here today, you've already heard our... Um, core values that we want out of this group, and that is that we want to gather, grow, and go. You can see it. It's tiny on the screen, I understand, but um, that we want to gather together. We want a place where we can um, that come without uh, pretense, that we can come and, and, and just be together, surrounded by people that are like-minded, that understand Jesus, value his uh, role in their lives, and that, that together we can just find some community. That's one of the things that we want. We also, we want to be able to, in those gatherings, grow together. That because of being together, we're challenging each other, that we're becoming more like Jesus because we're together. And that then, when it's time to leave from here, because we understand that time in Lynchburg for most of you is limited that you are ready to not just fade away, but actually launch from here into what God's got for you wherever he's going to take you. That whatever occupation you find yourself in, whatever relationship you find yourself in, whatever location you find yourself in, that you understand first and foremost that you are an ambassador of Jesus and that you are going to represent him well to the people around you. So I'm going to introduce the things that we've got planned in those contexts, gathering, growing, and, and going, okay? So first, uh, when we gather, it's kind of a variety of different things, and, and for the most part, I just want you to be able to know that it's going to happen, okay? Uh, we're going we're gonna to have social times where we just come and hang out. We're going to have times where, um, where we're going to pray together. Where we're going to get together and worship together. And if you want to know that those things are happening, the best way to do that is to text at HBConverge to 81010. We're going to let you know that way. I mean, we might have some other ways to let you know, too. You might see it on Instagram. Because Ivan. That's it. Because Ivan. Right? <laughs> you might see it on Facebook if you still do Facebook. Right? But you will get a text message from us if we're going to do something, okay? So text at HB Converge to 81010. Some of the things that we're going to do together are for the purpose of growing, okay? So we don't have just a simple... You all right, Josh? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, we don't just simply want to be together, but we want to be together for a purpose. And so some of the things that we do are small groups, All right. So you'll find that on Tuesdays and Thursdays through the year, we have we have small groups that meet and we take the the time in God's word from Sunday morning and and we dive even deeper. Okay, this semester, we're going to we're going to dive into Romans chapter eight and we're going to do it at a pretty great depth in our big group meetings. But when we break out from there with a group of, say, 15 people you're going to be able to build that community even tighter, and you're going to have that accountability even stronger, and you're going to be able to go even deeper into God's Word, and so I would encourage you that that you look for the opportunities to be in a small group. Now, some of you have that built into the fabric of your campus life, and I, we get that, right? We're not necessarily asking you to add this on top of other community that you're building, although um, this may be something that provides you a depth of community that's different than what you're getting in that kind of campus type of community arrangement. So um, you'll get those text messages through the At HB Converge uh, text message system. We'll also talk about it regularly in this group. So you're, you can look at Tuesday and Thursday night at 7 p.m. in homes that, that you can be a part of and, and get to know people at a, in a deeper way. Along, along the way as we study Romans chapter 8, One of the things that I want to push us towards, okay, and I'm challenging myself with this as well, is that not only do we read it, okay, not only do we hopefully understand it, but I'd like to see a whole bunch of us commit it to memory. Romans chapter 8, there's 39 verses over the course of this semester that if you were to take on one more kind of task for your spiritual growth, that I hope you would join us in memorizing Romans chapter 8 and for the ladies in the group there's a special type of accountability and challenge with that Uh, Rhonda Hankins and Larissa Forrest are gonna are gonna have a group that that binds together to do this together okay and if you want more information about that Rhonda's email is in the bottom uh, corner of the of the slide here and you can look for information coming out through our uh, text message and Instagram soon all right uh, so I want, you, I want you to be a part of that if you possibly can. Guys, we'll do it too, but not in this, not in this way, right? Okay, don't, we don't need Ron to get in a bunch of you guys' emails, okay? You can email me if you want to, and we'll try to do something similar, all right? Along with the small groups that we have, because right now we only have two or three small groups, right? So sometimes that they get to be big groups in there. One uh, one avenue for small groups that's different than diving deeper into Romans chapter eight is that Heritage as a church, the whole church has a small group system that is that's a short ten week deep investment into prayer, Bible study, and evangelism. They're called disciple making teams, and right now they're forming. Okay, they're gonna they're gonna start soon. Um, and this semester may not be the one for you. You might have your semester laid out. You've got a lot of stuff to do. This is a big semester for your major. This is a big semester. This is a big season for your career, whatever that happens to be. But over the course of time that you're here at Heritage, there's an opportunity to for 10 weeks to join together with about 8 to 12 other people and have genuine accountability to spend three hours in God's Word and prayer alone, to spend two hours in corporate prayer with the team that you're going to bind together with, and to spend one hour purposefully engaging the lost. And if you don't naturally do those things, you're normal, and you should have accountability to do that. So I would want, I would want to encourage you through the time that you're here. Maybe not this semester. It might be, it might be that this isn't going to work. Maybe the groups are full already, or maybe you just don't have the bandwidth to be able to do that right now. But I would encourage you, even looking into the spring, that this is an opportunity for you to, to purposefully engage with the lost. And you can, you can look around. You don't know it just by looking at them, but you can look around and across this room. There are maybe a couple dozen, actually, as I'm looking, people that have already been through one of these disciple-making teams, Uh, and you can get the lowdown on what that is like. Don't come and ask me yet, because I haven't been through one, but I am signed up for one this fall, so then I'll be able to tell you all about it, okay? So, you should do this. This is a challenge for me. it's, it's one thing to, you know, to regularly get in God's word. It's another thing to even come together and be together with God's people. But I think a lot of us find a natural human but natural roadblock to really engaging the people around us. And so finding ways to do that well and binding ourselves together as a group to do that together... Helps to reinforce that. So I would encourage you to consider being a part of that. If maybe the small group, the the weekly small group, isn't exactly what you're looking for, maybe this is. Did you guys appreciate our uh, worship team today? Yeah, we love having them be a part of this. They're um, they're usually here about every other week. So we'll have um, we'll have them come in 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 a couple of weeks to come again and lead us in worship. But because of the consistency with which we do that, they they need a team around them to do that. So if you have skills and ability to to play instruments, to sing and be a part of this worship uh, time, or if you want to help run the tech then we need, we need help with that. And so you can see Josh or AJ, uh, they were up here this morning or connect with anybody who was up here this morning and they'll put you in the right, in the right contact for that. But also, not only are we going to hopefully build our worship team and have them here every couple of weeks in our Converge time, but our worship leaders, Josh and AJ, have a real heart to help us grow in how we approach the throne of God. We met together this week and we we kind of laid out a vision that a couple of times this semester we want to come back together purely for a worship night. Okay? So at the beginning, at the beginning of October and in the middle of November, we're penciling in some dates and you'll hear more about them as we as we go and we get things settled down on, on when it's gonna work. But, but we're gonna we're gonna have you guys come back. And we're gonna we're gonna engage together in in worship. Pure worship and prayer together before the throne of God. And, and so that this is another avenue of growth where sometimes we just don't naturally worship God. We are designed as worshipers. We will worship. But typically we put our worship onto things that really can't handle that worship. We put it onto um, other people who are feeding our emotions we put it on to things or aspirations put it on to our finances and they just let us down and so if we can if we can um, turn around our idea of worship together then we want to we want to come approaching God in a in a healthier more focused kind of way and so they've got a vision for that they're going to lead us in that so you can look for that coming in early October and middle of November I already mentioned this, but uh, we have an opportunity to help with the tech. Uh, this is the setup. This is our setup, including Seth's water bottle right there, um, that that is currently in the back right now. And and for the most part, Seth has shouldered this responsibility for months. And so, number one, I just appreciate Seth. Can you guys let him know? It? And and honestly, honestly, our tech in this room hasn't always been that fantastic for him to work with. Not, not that he hasn't been fantastic, but the equipment has struggled to keep up with his skills, okay? So uh, along the way, we have recently gotten some upgrades, not because of us, but because of uh, the church has is having more gatherings in here, So um, so that is working to our advantage. I can even wear the mic pack on my back instead of on my front now, because the mic signal is stronger and the antenna is massive and you can see it. And so it's, it's working. But we need some help there. And anything like this, anything like this tech stuff that you participate in, if, if you are in a position to, um, to need some recorded service hours, okay? For example, if you go to Liberty and you need CSER, okay? Then you can actually apply to do your CSER at Heritage and I can be your supervisor and it can be sort of a, a mix of experiences of just of serving at the church and I think that's important because the church is what God has planned to affect change in this world for his glory and so if you can invest deeply in the church then I think you begin to develop um, habits that are gonna carry from here to when you go wherever you're gonna go and you get invested in another church, in another place, then you've got these habits built in that you're gonna naturally find yourself moving towards some sort of service. And so I would encourage you to be a part of that. If you don't need if you don't need Christian service or or service hours or CSER or whatever it happens to be that you um, need in that realm, then you can still serve. You don't have to do it for those reasons, but it is nice when there's a return on your investment, right? An immediate return on your investment. So that is a possibility too. In addition to tech, you can also serve in our Adventure Kids program, which is our kids, uh, our holistic kids ministry here so everything from nursery uh, through elementary doesn't adventure kids doesn't go into youth group stuff but um, all the way through elementary if you want to be a part of that then you can um, you can email or not email but you can go to the website hbclinchburg.com slash kids and you can look it up there's a uh, an application process and you can get involved in that but maybe you don't want to serve every week there's not a responsibility to have to serve every week. You can serve at whatever level of responsibility they have needs for, and then that can be a part of your CSER here or your, your service hours or just your investment here at Heritage so that you can still participate in the main service. You can still come to Converge on a regular basis, but you, but you also have this chance to invest in other lives like your lives were invested in at one point. If you grew up in church, you know, you know the value of having really good leaders that have spoken truth into your, into your lives. Just this week, I was um, singing little songs of how verses were memorized when I was in children's church way back to introduce them to my kids. And so, you know, it, it was just reminding me the impact that somebody can have on young, young lives, and, and you can have that now. You know, you don't have to wait until you're done with school or the next phase of life uh, to be able to do that. You can do that now while you're participating in in everything else that's going on. You can set aside a little bit of time to be able to serve in that way. Another thing is hospitality teams around the church. That we will, as a group, will have one Sunday every three months or so where we go and we are the hospitality team. So if you can smile and hold a door open at the same time then you can do hospitality team, okay? And even if your smile is almost there, then you can do hospitality team, all right? You can also do it on a regular base, more regular basis than once every three months with us, but uh, it'd be only once or twice a month, and it can be also a, a CSER opportunity if you're looking for that. But we are gonna, we're gonna engage in that as a group here because we feel like this isn't just our time to get away from... The rest of the church, right? I mean, that's not at all what we're designing it to be. What we want it to be is our way to then invest back into the church. And so we want to be a part of the whole ministry of Heritage. And this is one thing that we can do, that we can serve once every three months as the hospitality team for Heritage and let people know that they're welcome here, that we're glad that they're here. And if they've got questions, we can help direct them in the right direction. And you might have no experience whatsoever with where rooms are at heritage or what classes are meeting you only know about converge and so if if it's a college student just send them here don't send them anywhere else but if it's if it's somebody else then you know we can connect you with people that do know and its, um, it's geography. I don't know if you've realized that or not, but all the rooms are named for countries, and the halls are continents, so you can actually direct people to, if you know a little geography, you can direct them to the right place, although it's not always intuitive on where the geography lines up. However, uh, it does it does work a little bit that way, all right? Along with all of these growing opportunities that are serving, okay? That's That's what all of this has been. It's been opportunities for you, but but what we see as ways to grow together. Because we need need to not just be a sponge, right? We need to exercise our gifts. We need to be a part of the ministry of Heritage Baptist Church. But there are some times where we're going to pull away and we're going to try to understand even more deeply the things that God has for us individually. And one of those things, this has been coming for a long time. I've been wanting to take um, a group here. Uh, we're going to go to the cross conference this year. Okay, I don't know if you know about it. Um, it happens around New Year's. It's December 29th through January 1st. It's happening in Louisville, Kentucky. It's not passion, okay? So if, you, if you're if you thinking, I think you got the city wrong or the name wrong or something. It's not passion. It is a group. Uh, a, a conference for 18 to 25-year-olds, and it, and it is happening over New Year's, but it's directly missions-focused. And it lines up perfectly with the vision that Heritage Baptist Church has and Converge has, that, that we are all made with a purpose, that when we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, that we are then moved into a ministry of reconcile, of seeing others get reconciled to God, carrying the message of reconciliation. And so I want to play a quick video for you about what this conference is all about, and uh, I'll give you a little bit more detail after that.
2: One day the curtain will close on your life, and the credits will roll. But if your story is a part of his story, then it is a part of one that will go on forever. Follow me, he said, and I will make you a fisher of men. When you accepted the call to follow Jesus, you de facto accepted the call to missions. The question is no longer if you are called. The question now is only where and how you are called. Open, unprecedented
5: opportunities abound right now for the spread of the gospel among
2: people who've never heard it.
7: So if you want to join us at uh, Cross Conference 21, 22, overlaps New Year's, right, Uh, then I need you to plan ahead, all right? I need to have you sign up by the end of September okay that's that's this month if you want to go I know you need to think about it you want to figure out how much it costs I'll tell you that what we're aiming at right now is a $250 price tag I know right off the cuff that sounds like a lot but here's what's included with that is a $99 entry fee into the conference hotel room for three nights we'll pay for travel all the way up to Louisville or you can join us there some other way if you're coming from home wherever that happens to be and uh, and then and then food is on you we'll figure out food where to go and all that kind of stuff but, um, but that's not included in the price but we're looking at a $250 price tag I think this will be phenomenal to go and sit under teaching by David Platt, JD Greer, John Piper, uh, Kevin DeYoung and others that are going to be there to be able to speak specifically to your role in God's mission in this world okay so if you're interested you want to be a part of it even if you just want to be a part of the information gathering so that you can make an informed decision I want you to text me at 336-972-6562 okay that's that's my phone number you can um you can text me any you can text me now if you want to and it'll start buzzing in my pocket and all that's fine but you can also save it for later if you want to But even if all you want is more information to make sure that you don't miss out on something that would be really great, then I want you to be a part of this text group, okay? So that we can get the word out there. All of these things are part of our plan for the purpose of growing together. But we don't want to miss the opportunity to start going now. So we also have some things where we're going to go this year okay? first of all you've seen it announced in very ambiguous terms for a long time we've talked about a spring break missions trip coming in march all right we've got some more details for you Uh, this year for our very first converge mission trip we tried actually if you've been a part of this group for a while we tried during covid to go to toronto and it didn't work out because of covid right So now we're going to reboot this and we are going to Washington, D.C. All right, now I know that's not that far away, right, uh, from here, so it's not one of those like exotic destinations of where you can go, but do you know that Washington, D.C. is one of those gateway cities of the U.S., that people groups from around the world are coming to Washington, D.C., just a couple hours away from here? And that we can go in just the span of spring break, March 13th through the 20th, just during the span of spring break, and we can engage people groups from all over the world. We can learn about how to engage those cultures. We can practice engaging those cultures. We can actually be involved in ministry to those cultures. In fact, just to let you know some of the cultures that are there, this is... um, from the group that we're going to be teaming up with, Global Gates, the unreached people groups that are in the Washington, D.C. metro area include thousands and thousands of people from the Middle East, some from, from uh, India, some from Thailand, thousands and thousands of people within just a couple hours drive from here where we can purposefully engage the lost from around the world. Let us know just a little bit more about what this is like. Um, I've asked Jeremiah to come up and this summer he actually he went on the prototype version of this trip and so he's experienced what we would get a chance to experience and so he's going to share just a little bit about it.
6: Yeah. So yeah this uh, opportunity is great. Um, But yeah we went uh, early June or end of May early June to go uh, part of Similarities, and they give you great tools to be able to just talk to people and engage. And then we also went out throughout the city and went door to door. And they had a whole like Google Map sheet of people that were spoke Farsi. Awesome, sweet. I guess you hear me now. Spoke Farsi, or were Hindu, or whatnot. um, And right after we learned, we got to go to the door, give them. Um, information, and things like that. Things look different because of COVID, but we met people from all around the world. I think we counted up. It was like 14 or 15 different countries, and many of them were in close contact. They would not hear the gospel if they were in their country, um, but it was a remarkable uh, opportunity. And just think about, look at the orange. Um, those are both Hindu uh, people groups or countries. That's like 95,000 people. That's more than that are in Lynchburg alone. That's just mind-boggling of how many people are up there um, that um, are different religions and are not following Jesus uh, and maybe won't hear unless someone goes and tells them or knocks on the door or whatnot. So a great opportunity to open your eyes around the world and only travel three and a half hours um, up to Washington, D.C. So I would encourage you to go. It changed my life.
7: Here's a picture of Jeremiah, too. He's on the back, far left. We just wanted to get him up there for, yeah, for posterity. Where are you at in this picture? Where is Sikh temple? All right. So you get to see some of the, the worship centers of the, of the people groups that you're talking about, too. Good. If you want to be a part of this trip or even just get more information about it, on your way out, there is a clipboard that you can put your name down, phone number, and we can gather some information about that. We'll, we'll have to set the roster later this fall. We don't have a set number that can go, uh, but we want to gather the interest of, um, of how many do want to go so that we can prepare for that trip. Uh, the price on that is still developing, um, but I think it'll be somewhere around um, 800, 850, and we can, we, can, there will be some scholarship opportunities through Heritage, and and we'll work together on that. But uh, I don't want that to be the showstopper. But I'm giving you that for information's sake. And then, lastly, what we're going to do this semester is we're going to get involved locally. Okay? We're going we're gonna to get involved with the Parkview community mission. There are a lot of different ways to get involved with Parkview. Uh, one of those that, um, that I'm hoping to, to get together is that we can actually go we can, or actually come here and make a meal and go there and serve a hot meal to their, uh, to their guests that are there. We can also go and help pack bags of food that can then be delivered to communities where the people need it desperately in our own community, just right here in Lynchburg. And so we don't wanna overlook the opportunity to serve here and now while we're while we're waiting and preparing to also serve later. So we wanted to engage with that as well. Guys, I have unloaded a lot of stuff for you. And I hope that I hope it energizes you. I hope it means that you want to come back. I hope it means that that you see what is going on here and that, that you can get invested not only in this church but also in this community and be prepared to then go invest in this world because there's a purpose for your life that's bigger than just attaining status attaining wealth getting settled and getting comfortable there's just a bigger bigger purpose for your life than that so we want you to see that we want you to engage with that possibility while we're studying God's word this year we're uh we're going to be studying Romans chapter 8 we're calling it rooted because we believe that if you can get your identity rooted deeply in Jesus then you will be more ready to engage the culture around you that you'll be more ready to invest your life if you understand it as it as it relates to what Jesus has done for you so we're gonna we're gonna take a lot of time and we're gonna go in Romans chapter 8 as we transition into this, I want to pray for us, and then I'm going to ask you guys to, to answer a couple of questions among the people that are around you, okay? Let me, let me pray as we, as we start to look at God's Word. Father, thank you for, for bringing us together today. Thank you for this group of students, of young professionals, young adults that are, that are developing more and more into the image of your son. Father, we long to see how you would use us in your mission around this world, in this community, in this state. Father, I I pray that today as we begin looking at Romans chapter 8 and beginning to understand our identity in Jesus, that Father, we would find confidence, that we would find hope that we would find freedom in Christ. Lord, I pray that that we would understand ourselves not for the good of just knowing us, but that because our identity is truly, deeply rooted in Jesus. And so knowing us is actually knowing him. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand that well. And in the areas where we would be tempted to find our identity in something else. Father, would you grab our attention? Would you raise up the knowledge of Jesus in our minds that we would crave after him? That we would seek you with our whole heart. And Father, you would reveal yourself to us because we know that you're faithful to your promises. And you have promised that if we seek you, you'll let us find you. Father as we as we go into your word, Lord, I pray that you would direct our focus to the truth of your word. And anywhere that I misspeak, Father, I pray that it would be forgotten, but where the truth lies, I pray that it would find a place deep down in our hearts to reside. And that we would be changed more into the image of Christ because we've encountered your word today in Jesus name. Amen. All right, so last week we talked about, uh, the roles that we carry, and sometimes how we develop an identity around those things. Um, so I want to now ask you, as, as you think about that, if, if you were here last week, then, then you kind of got that primed already. But if you weren't, then understand that, that there are things about us that we raise up to the level of our identity, that this is who we are. It's not just something that we do. We, we allow it to become who we are, and, and we misplace that. But when we do and it fails us, we feel judged by that, that either we judge ourselves because we couldn't keep up, Uh, we feel judged by others, Uh, we feel like we just don't make the cut anymore. So I want you to talk about this. In what ways do you feel judged by others? just in general. Maybe you don't feel totally comfortable. Maybe the person you think is judging you is currently beside you. So, you know, you, you can hold off on that. But, but in, in whatever way is appropriate, I want you to talk about what ways you feel judged by others. And then also, because I think this is our tendency just as much, and maybe even the judgment of others is actually manufactured within our own minds, and so we're actually projecting our own self-judgment on somebody else. But how do you feel judged by your own self. Okay, I'm going to give you just like two minutes to discuss that because I basically have five left today. So um, I want two minutes and and then we're going to come back to God's Word. All right, so I know this cut is cutting of short. I know you've got a lot more you can talk about. Um, but in order to, to get done even close to time, um, you know, originally, let me just side note since I have all the time in the world, right? Um, this was originally supposed to be our big kickoff day where we're going to have lunch for you and lots of activities and all that kind of stuff. And we sort of put a pause on that because of, yeah, and um, so originally I was like well we'll fill all this time and it won't matter because they're just waiting for us to feed them lunch and so you know no big deal and now now I'm gonna go overtime and not feed you and that's gonna be terrible but uh that stuff's coming back by the way we're gonna we're gonna make sure that happens we're just gonna wait a few weeks to let things settle and then and then we'll revisit that um that stuff but if you'll bear with me I I don't want to miss the opportunity to kick off our study in Romans 8 in just a really I think important way to understand where this starts Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ that because of the work of Jesus we are no longer under condemnation now I'm sure that you understand scripture and the way it rolls that, um, that this is coming off of being prefaced by something else, right? Because he says, therefore. So, you know, the kitschy way to say that is, so what's it there for? Right? This is coming off of a, of a series of things that Paul is saying. And so for the few minutes that I have, I want us to go actually, before we can even start Romans 8, after verse 1, we need to actually bounce back a little bit. And so I want you to go not just to Romans 7, not even to 6, but I want you to go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. I'm going to read these verses for us, and I'm going to talk from here about this transition that of what took place to allow us to now reside in the hope that comes from no longer having condemnation before God. I want us to understand what happened to allow us to do that. And and while I am confident that most of you have even experienced this to one degree or another, a lot of times we let the circumstances of our life around us take away the joy of our salvation. To take away even the reality of it in our minds sometimes. Not the actual reality. like It resides there, right? We're not going to lose that salvation. But that we lose the joy and effectiveness that we can have in that salvation. And so let me remind you what has happened to bring you to the point where you can say boldly that there's no condemnation. Because I'm in Jesus. Romans chapter 5. Verses 12 through 21. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned, for sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law, yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. So even here, as we before we go too much farther, what we're seeing is, is Paul is setting this up where he says that the law has this role of revealing what sin is. It's, it's actually hard for us to understand the limits of what we're to do if the rules aren't in place, right? Does that kind of make sense? And so when the law is revealed at the time of Moses, then it takes on a whole different picture of what sin is because now it invites this opportunity in our human nature to not just pursue our own desires, not just naively miss out on what's right, but now we have an element of rebellion that can happen because we have a standard set before us and we have the choice to rebel against it. So it changes, though. even though sin was before the law, but sin is, ca- is not counted where there's no law, death still reigned from Adam to Moses. There was still condemnation over sin, even though sin was a bit of a mystery before the law. See, Adam was unique because he had a directive, don't eat of the tree. And that's what he failed to do, is to live up to that directive. So he had a spoken law. Through Moses, there was a written law. But even between the time of Adam to Moses, when there was no verbalized law, condemnation still existed. Death reigned. Verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass. way he gives us big theological terms right that, that there is a legal statement of guilt Okay, this, there's a lot of legal language here there's a legal le- statement of guilt and that in, in sin the judgment is guilty and then there's a penalty right that we become one commentator said it's penal served servitude that because of our punishment now we become slaves to sin we have been we are stated as unholy unjust sinful and then we are slaves to sin but the free gift that follows many trespasses is justification and justification is an incredible picture because it is now also a legal statement that you are now declared as righteous as Christ. But it goes farther. Because if we read a couple more verses down, it's not just that you're simply declared righteous. But in verse 19, one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. We are made as righteous as Christ. You have been legally declared righteous. Righteous and then made through the grace and reconciliation of our God, been made righteous in Christ. But let's read all the way through 19. For if, man, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation, for all men. One act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where the sin increased grace abounded all the more. So that as the sin, as sin reigned in death, Grace also must reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That there was a major paradigm shift, that where we were once slaves to sin, guilty in our trespasses because of our connection to Adam, that if we now have a connection to Christ, that we are made righteous and given life instead of death. And that this condemnation that we talk about is really the outworking of the legal statement, right? Where once we were slaves to sin because we were declared unrighteous, sinful. That now because our declaration, our legal status has changed, that now the condemnation the resulting penalty is removed and there's no longer any servitude in your life to sin And yet we live there sometimes we allow ourselves to live as if we were servants and slaves to sin and yet in Christ we've been given victory over that not victory over the presence of sin we still have to deal with it in fact if you trace then through chapter 6 where we read that um, if this is all true, should we actually sin more so that grace abounds? Well, no, that's not the logical conclusion, okay? And and yet we're dead to sin. We don't have the, the responsibility or the requirement to, to live in sin. We've actually died to sin and become slaves to righteousness. That's Romans 6. And then Romans 7 because of all this work, we've actually been released from this law, this law that unveiled what sin really is because now we know what the parameters are. Now we're released from that law because there's a different law that works in us, and it's not uh, it's not that we have a responsibility to the to the written law. But yet, you know what? we still have to fight with this sin that's within us. And so in the end of chapter seven is when we read those, kind of comforting words from Paul where he says that I still do the things that I don't want to do and I don't do the things that I really know I should and, and want to do and it's after that where he comes back into Romans 8 and he says there is not any more condemnation if you're in Jesus you've been freed from the penalty that follows the unjust declaration. You aren't slaves to sin. You can follow Jesus, and not only that, but in a, in a smaller way, we still allow ourselves to live under some kind of judgment, too. So the things that I, we were talking about at the beginning of our, of our talk here, the things that you feel judged about, the things that you judge yourself about, we still project this, this lower level condemnation on ourselves and, And I just got to tell you that you got to release it because in Christ you've been made righteous. And that your identity is no longer your shortcomings. Your identity is no longer the ways you don't measure up. Your identity is now righteousness wrapped in grace. Your identity is righteousness. Wrapped in grace because it has nothing to do with what you've done. But all in the grace of what Jesus has done. And so if you allow yourself to live here, that grace has abounded. And now because of grace, you've been reconciled to your God. And because you've been reconciled to your God, you're now not a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness you can move forward with what God has designed for you in this world, to, for you to be a part of his mission. We don't have time today. But if you're able to, if, if we're able to have our small groups this week and you're able to be there, or maybe we can converse about this um, over, over our social media or something. But I want you to talk about these things. okay? And you don't have to rush off. The, the next group that's in here is us the leadership team for converge so you guys don't have to run off but but some of our leaders do cuz they have kids in the nursery so I got to I got to stop here all right so here's what i want you to ask ask others i want you to talk about amongst yourselves what self-imposed judgment do you need to release because you're you're holding on to it and it's it's as much as if you were holding on to some deceit or some lust in your life, you are, you are holding on to a condemnation that is no longer set to be over you. What self-imposed judgment do you need to release? Number two, how would living daily in freedom from condemnation change what your life looks like? How would actually living in this truth change what your daily life looks like? And how does freedom from condemnation affect how you deal with temptation and sin? Because what sometimes we don't really pick up on is that as as controlling as temptation and sin feels, as controlling as temptation feels, that, that we're not a slave to that, that in Christ we've been freed, and that as debilitating as the guilt of sin feels after we've let our guard down and we've participated and we've gone into sin whatever capacity it is that you go because we know it's there we just read we we just heard Paul talk about it in in Romans 6 or 7 rather that it's still there we still fight with it so when it happens how does living in this freedom from condemnation affect your after sin response because there's there's no condemnation there might be some effects relationally with your God, but you still have a relationship with your God that is righteousness wrapped up in grace. So guys, as you get a chance to, uh, I want you to discuss this as you, as you want to think through what's uh, coming ahead. We're going to go about three more verses into Romans chapter 8 next week with Jeremiah, who was up here earlier to talk about the mission trip. So I uh, want to encourage you to, you can read ahead, you can start memorizing, um, you, can, you can get prepared mentally for what our identity is when we settle it, root it deeply in Jesus. I'm going to pray for us once again, we're gonna, and we're going to go. Thanks for uh, being patient as we went a little long today. Father, thank you for our identity in Jesus, that who we are is we're, we're crucified with Christ, and we live because Jesus lives in us. So, Father, I pray that our identity would be wrapped up in Jesus, that we would be grounded, rooted deeply in what Jesus has done for us. And so, Father, as we have talked about today, that, that we would live and thrive in our identity of righteousness wrapped up in grace, that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for the time we've been able to be together. We, we lay before you the plans that we've made and discussed today. And, and, Father, that you would use us, grow us, and use us in this world, even this semester as we, as we try to engage with the people around us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thanks for being here. Look forward to seeing you next week. Keep up with us on, uh, on the reminder text at Converge. 81010. We'll see you next time.